God is truly here in our midst, isn't he? Amen. It's just wonderful, exalting God. You know, that is just lifting up our hearts. It's lifting up our voices. It's lifting up our praise. And that is what exalting God is, like using our voice, using our, demonstrating with our, our hands and our lives, exalting God. So, amen. Well, this morning, I am Deborah, for those of you that don't know me, and um, Dave's asked me just to lead this time of testimony, so it's going to be a couple of people, about four people coming to testify, which is uh, amazing, because I, I love testimonies, they are, they're very special, they're very powerful. Um, so what I've asked is some people to come who actually are quite newer to the congregation, and I thought it would be great to hear their stories, to hear what God's doing in their life just more recently and uh, to hear what, how God has brought them here or why or whatever they want to share. Um, testimony can be a time that you testify to the goodness of God in your life, whatever situation or circumstance. But it can also be, you know, you're testifying of a hardship or a difficult time and how God's standing, you with, standing with you in that. It also is testimony of your salvation, how you've come to know God. So it's, it's whatever you, God is outworking in your life. Um, and I wanted to just, if there are slides there, I've got a few slides just with some scriptures on them to share with you. Just really about what our testimony is. Why do we testify? Why is there so much power in it? So 1 Corinthians 1, verses 4 and 5. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that's given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. So the testimony is about Christ in us, and that is what he's doing in us. That's our testimony, and we all have our own. Nobody doesn't have a testimony. I was brought up in a Christian home and I often felt like I didn't have this dramatic, razzmatazz, life-changing to other people testimony to give. But I did have a testimony and, and it's like the enemy lies to you and tells you you don't have something to say or that you're not worthy or that it's not worth listening to. But that's all lies. So I encourage you today just to have the strength and boldness because it does take boldness and it does take strength. The word testimony is actually the Greek word is called maturios and it means to witness or to give a good report. So when I looked at this more, the actual description of this in the Greek is, the description in the Greek is a personal testimony that is so strong it could stand up to scrutiny in a court of law. So this is pretty major, this is not something light it is not that people get up and share how they're feeling or just how things might be in their life at that moment. It, you're testifying to the power of Christ in your life, and that is what he's done for you. But it will stand up to scrutiny in a court of law. Why is this so? I think we'll come to a, a verse later on that will show us why. Um, but also from the word maturios is the word martyr. And we all know the strength of what a martyr is. And it is somebody that obtains their, a righteous testimony or something that is righteous and true in them and their faith. And they're willing to suffer even to the point of death rather than renounce that truth. So 
it is not just a little story or a little tale. There's strength, there's power, uh, and it's a major thing. So it is not to be taken lightly, but in, it is a really powerful, and the thing I love about it, I put up here, it is, it is something that nobody else can take away from us. It, you can't refute somebody's testimony or disagree with it. It's theirs, it's theirs. So whether you like it or not, they own it. You cannot take it from them, and I love that because many people have opinions about everything in the Bible and everything in the world, but we own our own testimony. It's what Christ has done in us, and that is where the power is because we are the testament of that. Um, it's a personal revelation of God's truth, and it leads to an outworking in our lives. So it was John. So in John chapter 15, verses 26, it is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth in us that testifies to the Father. So it is not our, just us speaking. It is the Holy Spirit within us testifying to what Christ has done in us. So let's just rejoice in that and be encouraged by what we hear because this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking and saying through people's personal situations. It has been said, what you confess, you possess. Uh, I don't know if you're somebody that likes these kind of statements, but uh, this is quite a good one to unpack a little bit. When we read in Romans 10, verse 9, it very much demonstrates, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, for example, if we confess that Jesus is Lord, we, are, we possess salvation. And we've got to obviously believe it in our heart, not just speak it. We've got to believe it as our truth. If we confess that God will supply all our needs, then he will supply our needs according to his riches and glory. That's a promise. It's a truth. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Um, when we look at parable of the sower, we all know parable of the sower where the farmer sows seeds onto the and some fall on fallow ground, some on good ground, some on thorny bushes, some on sunny ground. But what is the seed that is being sown here? Well, in Luke 11, is it 11 or 8 verses 11, it tells us that the actual seed is God's word. So we sow God's word as a seed. It's our word. It's the word of our testimony. It's a declaration of God's word. We sow that. And that's the seed that is going to be grown in people's lives. So if we don't sow that seed, and if we don't tell people our testimony, and we don't share what God is doing in our lives, that seed doesn't get the opportunity to be planted, and never mind growing. So we've got to do our part, and that is share the love of God and share his goodness in our life. Okay, so this year, I've really, since January, have had on my heart probably the last two years, a real sense of we need to be declaring declarations of faith, declarations of God's word. And that is really what we're doing when we share um, testimony. We're declaring God's word. We're declaring God's truth. We're declaring what he's done for us. We're declaring his goodness in our life. And this is the seed that we are sowing when we speak. So when we're testifying, we're testifying with faith-filled words and words that are words full of truth, okay? Uh, 
when we use our words, they can be used for good and they can be used for bad. We all know it. We've all been part of the other end of words that have cut us down, that have discouraged us. Uh, and we've also had encouragement, words that have built us up and words that have given us life. Um, we know that in the Bible it says that in our words there is life and death in the power of our tongue. So we use our tongue for encouragement, to build life, to build truth, to speak our truth into people's lives. Um, our words can also, our confessions, they can either set us free or they can imprison us. So we've got to be quite um, disciplined and thoughtful about what we say. And this is a real discipline for all of us. For me, it is a daily discipline that we need to connect our head to and speak. Um, so our words, it, they're, they're how we lead to faith. It builds faith in our lives. So it's like the currency or the coins of our faith. So the more we speak God's words, the more we build faith into us and we build faith into other people. But just be careful when we speak that uh, we can speak reality of what or maybe our circumstances are, but we don't say that that's God's reality. We speak God's reality then over our circumstances. So we have the warnings in the Bible as well with James 3 about the tongue and how it can just run off course. And it's like a, a rudder that steers the sheep, the ship, and how important it is that we um, take hold of it for good. In Proverbs 18, verses 21, the death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So let's build up in courage. Let's speak of our hardships, but speak of how God has delivered us and is delivering us or is standing with us in those times. So I'm just going to stop there and pause, and I'm going to ask, first of all, if Bruce would come up and share with us. Thanks. My name is Bruce. I've been coming to this church for a couple of years. Um, something that God's really been speaking to me um, these recent times is time. How much do we really have? You know, it's, it's appreciating that the time we do have, you know, I'm realizing as, as we look at the way things are in the world, circumstances life can be changed in an instant people's lives can be changed in an instant and you know I've realized how easily life can beat us down how we can um, basically be falling asleep we can waste time we can just um, numb to the things of the world and we just waste our time um, things like Facebook um, just silly things and we're falling asleep and what God's reminded me of is that he's outside of time that the time that we have is important it's urgent we are living in urgent days and what we do with our time has consequences but he's also encouraging me um, in the sense that what we do with our time you know how we treat people how we speak to people how we live our lives how we spend our time with him and he's just been encouraging me to just in the simple things every day just getting alone with him getting in the word, speaking to him. You know, you don't have to speak exuberant prayers. You just need to speak to him like you'd, like he's right next to you. Um, I do what you call breath prayers. I speak to him throughout the day. Um, and it's just realizing, you know, we've all got an appointment. We've all got a time that we're going to stand before him and we are going to give an account. So it's very important what we do with our, with our time when we have it. Um, yeah, sorry. 
Thank you, Bruce. It's so true, though, uh, always challenged on time and how we use it, because we will be accountable for our time, as accountable for our words and our actions. But time is short. I do believe time is short. And God is looking for us to rise up as his holy army and be equipped get on with getting deeper into the word if god's put something on your heart that you've got to do do it start doing it start equipping yourself start looking at how he wants to unfold that in your life rather than delay it and say i'll do it tomorrow or maybe next year when things calm down a bit let's get on with it now god has a plan for our time every day i'm now going to invite shona up thank you shona i'll give her a welcome I'm going to do what Bruce did and take the microphone as well. Oh, good morning, everyone. My name's Shona. Um, I am married to Pete over there. I told them I would embarrass them. So Pete's in the white, and next to Pete is Connor, who is my eldest son. Um, we also have a daughter who is currently away at camp up at Abernethy. Uh, and we moved to Dull in near Aberfeldy about a year ago. Um, and it's been an interesting couple of years. Uh, so when Tebra asked me to share kind of our story, it was a good opportunity to, to reflect and go, wow, God has really been at work here, even when we've not really realized what's been going on. Um, so two years ago, though, we were very comfortable. Um, we were living in Glasgow. I am a primary school head teacher of a very large school. I love my job. It was very nice. I was enjoying it. Pete was running his own business. Um, we were happily involved in Kirk and Tilliff Baptist Church, had been involved for 25 years, involved in all sorts of things. But I think sometimes when you're comfortable, you get a wee bit lazy and you just sort of go with the flow. You maybe don't get involved in things as much. You just kind of just get on with things. Uh, and that's where we were at until three months later and Pete all of a sudden got offered an opportunity of a job um, which was really exciting, and he was being offered it on the base, basis of his character, um, which he accepted, which was great, apart from the fact his job was now in Kenmore, um, near Aberfeldy, and my job is still in Glasgow, um, which is about 150 miles, ap or 100 miles apart. This then started to pose a challenge because you can't do that commute every day. So Pete started to commute every week and he would come back to Glasgow at the weekend. Um, and that's how we spent the next few months. All of a sudden, a young Christian couple came to us and said, if you're selling your house, um, we would like to buy it. We, I had no intention of selling a house. I was living in the house. Um, but they said they were about to have their fourth child and they really thought that our house would be the house for them. Interestingly enough, we had bought our house from a Christian family in the church, and they had sold it to us in the hope that we would use it for young people. And this young couple that wanted to buy the house also said, we will do the same. Um, so at that point, we thought, this is a bit interesting, a bit of a coincidence. Okay, let's go ahead. At the same time, Pete was then approached by somebody in Aberfeldy to say they, would, they had a house and they would like to sell it off the market. So we thought, okay, God, there must be something in this here. You've taken our house. You're giving us another house. Excellent. Thus, this must be really good. 
However, I'm still working in Glasgow at the moment in the job that I love, the job that I felt I had been called to. Um, and yeah, still posed a problem. However, we stepped out in faith, moved forward with this, sold our house. We're going to buy the house. And two days before the sale was going through, it fell through. Um, we prayed about it uh, and felt that God was saying, yep, sell the house. So we sold the house and all of a sudden we were then putting our belongings and storage all across Scotland, people's garages, storage, all these sorts of things. And I now didn't have a house in Glasgow. We didn't have a house in Aberfeldy and my job was still in Glasgow. Slight problem. That week that that happened was the first week that we came here um, to Pitlochry Baptist Church. And on that day, it was, it was such a relief, such a blessing to walk into this congregation and actually feel at home. Having left a big church where we'd been for 25 years, felt loved, felt very part of things, run youth groups. Pete had been an elder at one point. I had been a deacon. We had been totally emerged in this church now, all of a sudden, God had almost stripped everything away. Our home in Glasgow, nowhere to stay here, our church, our friends, and then we walked into here. And it was, it was almost just like, a, oh, wow, God is in control here. And I think that was the message throughout all of this that's been going on. God has been in control. So for the last year since August, I have now been commuting to Glasgow. Um, on a Monday, I get up or was getting up early and then coming back on the Friday to live in Dull, feeling as if I couldn't really be involved in Pitlochry because I'm not here during the week. I was still involved with youth programs in Glasgow, but feeling a fraud because I wasn't attending church on the Sunday, which was something I was trying to encourage the young people to go to, thinking this isn't right. Um, and wondering what it was that God had in plan or had in store for us. Just before the holidays, um, just a couple of months before the holidays, a job then appeared um, and it's a completely different job. I have a head teacher post in a school of 600 and the post of head teacher of Kenmore Primary School and Grantley Primary School suddenly was advertised. Kenmore Primary School is a school I have looked in the windows for about 20 years saying, that's my ideal job, that's my ideal job. So I'm now going to be moving on the 4th of September into this role of head teacher of both of these schools, leaving my 600 pupils and starting a new job with 70 pupils total in both the things. I don't underestimate there's going to be challenges. There will be completely different challenges. I'm really excited about the fact that God is calling us to this area, has called us to this church, and is calling me to these two schools where actually I can be part of the community that is going to be there. My youth group used to sing a few years ago the song Oceans quite a lot, and we used to laugh. I don't know if people will remember the song. We used to laugh about the words, and we used to say, don't sing it if you don't mean it, don't sing it if you don't think that God's going to take you out into these oceans. And this last week, those words have kept on coming to me and it's saying, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander in the presence of my Saviour and my faith will be made stronger. 
I think these two last years have taken me onto an ocean. Um, and, but as a result, my faith has been made stronger through all of this. Uh, so thank you, Deborah, for giving me a chance to reflect. And thank you for listening and letting me share this with you. Perfect. Thank you, Shona and Pete and Connor. Um, yeah, how encouraging is that? You know, like God doesn't lead us and tell, give us the whole picture, does he? He gives us steps as we go, and we've just got to follow those steps. Now you can feel that you're in the middle of absolute nowhere, like Shona and Pete have felt, but actually that trust that God has you, he knows the end picture, so we don't actually need to know it. But we all want to know it, don't we? We all want to know the end from the beginning. And if we do this and we do that and we take that step. But that's where trust and our faith comes in. And that's how God builds our faith. So as you can see, through these steps, you know that God is leading, guiding. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. So thank you, Shona, for sharing that. I'm going to invite now, this is my brother, Stephen. Uh, give him a welcome. He's from Ireland, as I am. <laughs> I've got three brothers. Stephen is my big, big brother, and he is now <laughs> moved over from Northern Ireland uh, fairly recently, so I'll let you just speak. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, a lot of sea of faces out here. It's great to see. One thing struck me this morning was uh, we're all from different places, but there's a unity this morning because we're here to worship God, and that just came through very strong uh, and just... It was just powerful, you know. One guitar that didn't play half the time. It was our voices. It was our spirits uniting together. And that, that's so strong. Yeah. Um, as Deborah said, I'm her older brother. Um, and uh, <coughs> I'm from Northern Ireland. I've been here. Part of, you asked me what I just speak. Introduce myself to the church. And give a, just say what I wanted to say on my journey. Um, Bruce and Shona have really sort of led on with what I was going to say um, in terms of how I was going to approach things, but I'm not going to go into my past, just to say that um, I was brought up with Deborah in a Christian home, and uh, but the thing is, it's a personal relationship, it's each one of us, it doesn't matter if we're Christians, if we've had, what our testimony is, our testimony is our salvation and how we outwork our salvation, excuse me. Um, so I've been here since September last year. Um, circumstances brought me to a move to, to, to over to Deborah and Ryan and Aberfeldy. Um, they've been here for about 20 years, and I've been back and forth, so I know the area quite well. Um, I had no desire to come over, I had no desire to move, um, but things were just, I think, circumstances came to a point where I just spoke to Deborah one time and she just said, just, just come over. And, uh, I didn't question it, I booked a ticket and I went. So I just, a door opened and I walked through it. Um, I wasn't here that long until something opened for me in Yorkshire, in Harrogate. And it was really six months and I had to commit to six months down there. I didn't know where I was going. I thought I was coming here, you know, just to look around for jobs and just, just see what God would have for me. But I ended up in, in Yorkshire, which is a beautiful part of the world. I know some people are from there, from here. And I didn't understand, I didn't know, but God was leading me, he was guiding me. And I think we know this, the, the, the saying, let go and let God. And uh, I did do that. And I was at peace at doing that. I found a peace. 
I found a peace um, with that. What I found God was faithful to keep. Um, I was in a place where uh, I always would have loved to have been. I, I was able to look after a property that was on the market. Um, but I had to, to be there for six months. It had 40 acres, it had animals, it had everything that I loved. And I didn't have to do anything. I just had to be there. And I was paid for being there. But more than that, what it gave me was time in the Word, time with God, time with... Uh, I walked the fields, I, I, I read Psalms, I... I it was just, it was restoration for me. And, and Psalm 2 and 3 come, come to mind. He, he makes me lie down, green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And that's what happened to me. Um, I still wasn't sure. I thought I was to be here. I wasn't sure where I was going. Uh, and so through that course of those, that time, I started thinking about jobs. And, and I started applying and, and thinking and talking. But nothing much was coming up. I didn't even know where I was to be. You know, I was just in this place temporarily in Yorkshire. Um, anyway, um, as, I, as I just trusted God with where I was, um, come March time, it was time for me to come back up to see the family, see Deborah, and spend a bit of time up here. And during that time, things just opened up for me. Within the space of a week, three jobs had come, come uh, I had three job offers, basically. Um, and uh, one was in Yorkshire and two were, two were here. I chose obviously the one up here. Um, I have a great boss today, and um, and I'm enjoying life, and things are good. Uh, I was just I'll finish with uh, saying, reading Psalm 139. It's basically when I've been reading that in the last few weeks, I've realised this is the journey that I was on, and really, God knows us. We think we're in control, but we're not, and. Psalm 139, just 1 to 10. You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I just want to say that Psalm 119, 105 is really what I took away this last year. His word is a light to our path, and a, lamp, a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. And that is what it's about. It's his word. And I just want to leave that with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. That was great. Yeah, so just knowing your journey and you know other people's journeys, you know how God is faithful and you can see it in other people's lives. And sometimes we can't see it in our own lives until we look back. But uh, God is faithful and he will always be with us and lead us and guide us. But that's what gives us strength and that's how we, we walk every day in his word. So I am now going to invite my lovely husband Ryan up and he is going to share. Ryan writes in poems and songs. So, and if he was to speak, you might not get away on a by 12 or by one. So I think a poem is a good option here, not to have an open mic. 
I'm getting the dig in. Writing on phones is weird, isn't it? We try to connect and reach beyond ourselves to something bigger, greater than our own uh, consciousness, but still stay together and be at one. In physics, it's called the unified field theory, or the grand unified theory, or the theory of absolutely everything. Imagine all of creation being contained and then released. Implosion, explosion, infinitesimally minute, incalculably vast, and beyond here, and beyond this, and beyond right now. But then there's previous. From this moment, things have already happened. Birth, life, death. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, from out there to in here. Then decomposition, and then receding and regrowth, and all of that cycle caught and held right inside inside our own frame. Microscopic molecules and fluids and gases, oops, excuse me, and all that bound together by frequencies, gravity and magnetism, that is overwhelming in and of itself. But then there's a life force, an energy, battery power for the cells, mitochondria they call it. And it sounds like insects complaining about being sick all the time, but it's a sustaining power. Think about that sustaining power. I love to pause and consider the science, but just how we got here, but it keeps it all, but what keeps it all going? I'm not great at it, I just do coloring in for a living, but this stuff blows my wee brain. And you know, then there's Ma's theory too. They call it the divine proportion, 1.618. Fibonacci, beautiful ratio sequences that exist in music and art and architecture. Aesthetics can be measured. There is creative intelligence. And in all this education and smarts, it tells of the natural revelation of God. But these energies are involuntary. It keeps going whether I understand it or not. But my real sustaining power, the thing that has kept me going, has been grace. And a few years ago, the wheels came off, everything at once. The wee computer wheel was spinning, but my nut, nothing was happening. I started to stutter. The kids were laughing at me. Dad, what are you doing? And three people, three people came to help. People who try to model Christ in their life. And that sustaining part of grace through art and music and poetry and kindness is what got me through. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. That was great. That's so true, isn't it? Like... It's God's grace in our lives that brings us through all our situations. It's God's grace, and it's our faith and trust in him, but it's more about his grace on us. And we talk about intelligent creation and how does it all keep going and the sustaining of it through the energy, through mitochondria and the things that, like Fibonacci, how God has built beauty and intelligence into creation. And like we've been hearing about Genesis from Dave and from John, uh, you know, creation it was built from words. God spoke word and it was. 
like you were saying, God spoke and it was. The word, the word is life. So these words that we speak, these words are life. And these are our testimonies and our words that we give to God. Do you know that Satan is overcome by our words? How do we overcome the enemy in our lives and those lies? By our words. If we believe God's word, we speak that word. That's why he doesn't want us to give testimony. That's why he tries to make us shy and feel like we don't want to share things. But my encouragement to you is to take away the fact today that there is power in every word of testimony that you give, no matter if it's a sentence or a massive conversation or a preach or whatever it is, it is power in the word of the, your testimony from your mouth. There's power in what God has done in you and no one can argue with it. So be confident in that and know that if you get lies in your head to say, oh, you know, if you're out for coffee or if you're out doing something and you just get a prompting, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, testify of Christ in you. You've got a prompting, you have to take that, that's obedience. And that's what the Bible requests of us because that is how we ignite a fire in someone else. And we don't want to stop that blessing from being in our life, but stop it from going to someone else's. Plant that seed. That seed is your word, and that's the word of God testifying, the Holy Spirit testifying through you. So I'm just going to stop with um, the verse. That's not on there anymore. Uh, Revelation 12, verse 18. They overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. The Bible says we are overcomers, and this is how we overcome, it's the word of our testimony. So if we feel down, if we feel in despair, if we feel we don't know a way through, get your Bible out and find out what God's promises are for you, who does God say you are, you declare those things over over your situation, over your life, and see things change in your life, and see God moving in your circumstance and then speak of it and encourage others with it and be blessed to do that and be blessed bless other people as you do it so that's my encouragement to you let's share God's goodness and grace and uh, let's just feel like we're blessing other people today with the word of our testimony thank you for everyone for sharing be blessed today amen